And welcome to Friday on the Pure Opelka Podcast. It's Mike. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out. And if you've been listening all week as I've been guest hosting in Fort Myers, Florida, I appreciate you for doing that as well. Yeah, all week long I've been live from 5 to 8 p.m. on uh, 92.5 Fox News. And you can listen via the Internet. It's very easy. You just go to writeallalong.net, writeallalong.net. I'll be there later today as well. In for the great Trey Radel. And I'm uh, very honored to be there for Trey. And then tomorrow night, 7 to 10 p.m., live out of Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And Monday and Tuesday and Friday in Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So you have to stick around and find out when that's going to happen or follow me on Twitter. I'll post it. Today I'm going to try and give you a quick wrap-up of the news that I'm seeing. And there's some pretty important stuff happening. We're waiting on Supreme Court decisions. Those might happen this afternoon or later this morning while I'm recording this. I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff bubbling and things we need to pay attention to. And for everybody who keeps asking me, well, what do you think about 2024? What do you think about the GOP nominee? I'm telling you right now, don't trust any polls. Donald Trump has a lead, but don't trust any polls. And I'm waiting to see what happens at the debate, the first debate, and that's August. So keep your powder dry. I'm a huge fan of Mr. Trump and what he did for this country. But I'm also a person who said, let's wait and see who's in the building, what they have to say. I'm not like Barack Obama. Barack Obama came out yesterday, guns a-blazing, on a podcast with his buddy uh, Axelrod, David Axelrod, and kind of went after Tim Scott, you know, because Tim Scott's a black guy, but he's a conservative, so that makes him an enemy to those Democrats. And Obama went after him on the podcast. I think there is a long history of African-American or other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate America and say, everything's great and we can all make it. Nikki Haley, I think, has a similar mm-hmm. approach. She does. I'm not being cynical about Tim Scott individually. I am maybe suggesting that the rhetoric of can't we all get along, that has to be undergirded with an honest accounting of our past and our present. I think Tim Scott has been very honest about our past and also been a great example of what anyone of any color and any family history can do if they just apply themselves. Barack Obama could be considered the same, and yet because he's a Democrat and Scott's a Republican, he's never going to see it that way. And Obama, with his multiple houses worth millions, tens of millions of dollars, he's got oceanfront houses on both coasts, Hawaii and and out at Martha's Vineyard and the mansions in D.C. and Chicago. And still raking in the cash. Yeah, it's impossible for a black man to make it in this country. Just stop it, sir. Stop trying to divide us. It's it's awful. But then again, these are what Democrats are doing. Terrible. Yesterday, speaking of terrible Democrats, Joe Biden was at the White House and uh, he was creeping, creeping on Eva Longoria. Yeah. This was such another pandering moment 
for the Democrat president and 2024 candidate, who I actually don't believe will be the candidate. I think it's going to be Newsom. I've said it for a while now. But Biden creeping on Eva Longoria at the White House yesterday. We've known each other a long time. She was 17. I was 40. That's it. Yeah, that's not creepy enough. He actually was 50, I think, and she was 40. But Joe was talking about a film that they were debuting at the White House because Eva Longoria directed this film. And he announced that they were doing this because it's a, a special month. That's why it's fitting we host this screening during Immigrant Heritage Month. Immigrant Heritage Month. So June is Immigrant Heritage Month. I thought it was Pride Month. Why are there not giant Immigrant Heritage Month flags and picnics happening everywhere? I wonder. But while Joe was up there creeping on Eva Longoria and he invited her up on the stage, uh, there is a video out there, and I think he tried to grab a little side boob. Does that make me a bad person? Watch it. She actually moves his hand away as he hugs her. And then while he's pulling his left arm back, that arm kind of rises up and gets to the side of her boob and she pushes his hand away. Biden also had a meeting yesterday at the White House, a press event, if you will. They brought the press out for this with people talking about getting rid of or lowering junk fees, hidden fees when you go to buy tickets to something. And that's a good thing. But does it really require the president of the United States to talk about lowering junk fees or getting ticket companies to stop charging outrageous additional location fees and added fees because they're greedy? No, it doesn't. We didn't need that. That was not necessary yesterday. But Joe Biden did this instead of I don't know, solving the problem of the cyber attack on the country instead of being honest about what what really happened with all the money that the family was vacuuming up around the world. No, he couldn't do that. He had to talk about the hidden fees. And he even couldn't get some of that right, talking about the companies that have all agreed. I'm sure if the White House calls and says, listen, you're charging a lot for all these fees. Why can't the ticket price just be all one price and we, we don't have to see all these extra fees here? Well, why don't you do that with the cable bills too, sir? Uh, I'm sure the companies would have said, you're, yeah, you're right, sure, we'll, we'll just print one fee. But no, they had to make a press event out of it, and Joe had problems with his mouth and his brain connecting. The ticket seller, Seat Greek, is also set to give customers the option of seeing all-in upfront prices. Seat Greek. Seat Greek. You're all big fans of the Seat Greek company, aren't you? It's Seat Geek. You'd think they would have him ready at this point. But no, they don't. They're not even close to having the guy ready. It would be nice if somebody could give him just simple big cards. He did have a notebook. He was reading off a notebook announcing the, uh, the meeting, etc. So Seat Greek was one thing. But Joe was also confused by other statements that they've made, other topics that he had to answer as he was talking about ending those hidden junk fees. Some of them have used this process for years to sell tickets, events like TikTok, Tick Pick, excuse me, Dice and Newport Festival Foundation. Now, I guarantee if you asked him what Dice is, he doesn't know. 
He's just reading off a prepared statement, and he immediately put in TikTok because they have an army of TikTok influencers in the White House trying to get Joe reelected. Don't think it's going to work. At the end of this, somebody tried to get a question answered as they were, the uh, panel was sitting up there with their hands folded in front of them, and somebody dared to ask a question about the Ukrainian FBI informant who refers to Joey as the big guy. Why did the So Biden didn't answer. He just insulted the reporter. Why did you ask such a dumb question? They can never get it right with this guy. He's irreparably damaged. And yet, he's still got all the control. I wish the Democrats had the balls to let Biden debate Robert Kennedy Jr. Robert Kennedy Jr. was just absolutely amazing on the Joe Rogan podcast. If you had all the time to watch, it's a long, long time. But uh, Kennedy was talking about things that uh, made sense, unlike the current president. Kennedy was talking about how the, uh, the use of hydroxychloroquine was squashed by the government and the people who used ivermectin were were mocked like joe rogan was mocked cnn went after him but that had to happen because big pharma big pharma needed the vaccines to be authorized and they they got an emergency use authorization well the only way you get the emergency use authorization is when there is no other drug treatment kennedy explained that he also talked about being worried that uh if he is elected president he will be killed by the cia just like his uncle John Kennedy was. A little spooky, right? He, he believes the CIA killed his uncle. Maybe if we just declassified all the information and put it out there, we either find out that's true or not. And speaking of information that needs to be shared, yesterday we had an intelligence breach and several government agencies were hit hard by an outside attack. Was it China? Was it Russia? Catherine Herridge over at CBS News, who I think does a great job, was trying to report on this subject yesterday. Good evening, Nora. A senior U.S. government official told reporters there is no evidence to date the U.S. military and intelligence agencies have been compromised, but a number of federal agencies have been hit. Yes, federal agencies. Not the military, but federal agencies. Was this a, a warning? Was this a test? Was this China? seeing if we're ready in case they invade Taiwan. What else did Harridge have to say? Tonight, senior government officials are racing to limit the impact of what one cyber expert is calling potentially the largest theft and extortion event in recent history. American targets include multiple federal agencies, including the Department of Energy, plus Johns Hopkins affiliated hospitals in Maryland and Florida, Georgia's statewide university system, and the Minnesota Department of Education. British Airways was also hit. Now, those agencies, the Department of Energy, and some of the other local agencies, uh, they're not vital, are they? No, no, absolutely not. If China's involved in a kinetic action against us, meaning war, would we need to have our grid secure? Yes, we would. It's a little disturbing. And reportedly, Louisiana and Oregon's DMV had all of their information taken. All of it. Was this a trial run from China? Was it a trial run from Russia? I've heard people on both sides 
of the aisle saying different things. Both China and Russia are working together. And I believe both China and Russia are capable of doing bad things to our internal operations via the Internet. So let's keep an eye on this one. But in the meantime, change all your passwords. Be a good idea to change your passwords right now, wouldn't it? I think so. Spend some time this weekend updating them all, and maybe you get one of those internet protection services that'll help you in case something goes horribly wrong, protects all your data, your information. Uh, A couple other stories we'll have to uh, pay attention to. Um, Tim Scott has responded to uh, Barack Obama with class. He was on Mark Levin the other night. If you listen to Levin, you heard it. I don't have the clip here. 60% of voters are saying the Trump indictment is partisan and hypocritical. What a shock. Speaking of 2024 candidates in the GOP party, there's a new YouGov economist poll that shows Ron DeSantis has a problem with women voters. I think this is a Democrat push to make the governor of Florida look extreme, especially when it comes to protection of life. But he did pick up uh, an endorsement, a key endorsement, yesterday as the Oklahoma governor, who is a Republican, who supported Trump in the past, who voted for Trump twice, is now supporting DeSantis. And Mr. Trump is not pleased. Uh, Mr. Trump not pleased, obviously, about the indictment stuff going on. And Alan Dershowitz uh, is saying that uh, he thinks the entire Trump trial should be on TV every minute of it. I agree. I agree completely. Joe Biden's out on the campaign trail, by the way. Today he is in uh, Connecticut attending a gun safety rally. And then he has a campaign rally in Philadelphia on Saturday. But today he's in Connecticut for a gun safety rally, which is uh, it's nerve wracking because I'm a Second Amendment supporter. And I think the Democrats are going to make the Second Amendment and gun ownership a key element in the upcoming presidential campaign and and in all the Senate and House races. They want your guns taken away. And I don't fully understand all the laws that are breaking around the country in the states, but I understand that there is an attack. I can feel it in my bones. In my state of Delaware, they're really coming hard after gun ownership and going to make it tough for people to legally and responsibly own a firearm. And it's very worrisome. So I reached out to my friend, John Lott, John R. Lott Jr., if you follow him on Twitter. He's, he's a great follow when it comes to the Second Amendment and uh, all of the shenanigans going on right now. John R. Lott Jr. on Twitter, president at the uh, Crime Research Center. You can go to crimeresearch.org for more. He says, uh, more guns, less crime. More guns, less crime. That's one of his books. And John's on hold, going to talk to us. John, Please tell me I'm not being paranoid about all the uh, all the rumblings and whisperings and the push from Democrats to take away our guns. Please tell me I'm not being paranoid and welcome. Well, I mean, it's hard to know what additional things they're going to do, but they've been doing lots of things to begin with. I mean, uh, uh, the Biden administration with a zero tolerance policy, you know, one paperwork mistake, uh, you know, over the last 15 years, they'll put a gun dealer out of business, no matter how trivial, no matter how inconsequential. You know, could you imagine if we applied that standard to federal government agencies, that we'd put federal government agencies out of business if they made one paperwork mistake? Yeah, that. But it's just 
That would be tough. And, you know, there's a few agencies I would like that to be the case. But uh, I'm all for giving people a, a reasonable chance to correct mistakes. It would put Hunter Biden behind jail, behind bars right now, if that were the case, would it not? Well, I mean, with Hunter Biden, I have to say the gun charges, if it was anybody else, you just had this woman in uh, Virginia whose uh, child had taken a gun in and in, in, uh, to school who was using drugs and the uh, she was just convicted uh, for an offense that Hunter Biden has basically admitted that he did. It's under no, any normal Department of Justice. It's a case that would be handled within literally weeks, uh, let alone, you know, multiple years. In fact, they're coming up on the statute of limitations on it very soon. You know, they've just been sitting on this case for years now. Yeah, it's a little disconcerting. And last week, Gabby Giffords, who certainly has a reason to have issues with guns, there's no arguing that. But she sounds like, from something that was on the Crime Prevention Research Center Twitter account last week, she sounds like she's ready for all guns to be taken away. Well, I mean, she was very explicit. She, at the end of this interview that she did with Time Magazine at, that came out the end of April, which has gotten very little attention, she's asked, what is your ultimate goal? And she says her goal is to get rid of all guns. And the interviewer said, you know, I guess was a little surprised. Uh, he thought she'd be going into more about gun safety type stuff. And, and, and he asked her again, and she doubled down. She said, definitely, she wants to get, her goal is to get rid of all guns. And, uh, one of her aides piped up and said, you know, just like they banned all guns in Australia, which, and supposedly they did wonderful things. Of course, they couldn't even get that right because Australia had a buyback of about 25% of guns in 96 and 97, but people were allowed to go and buy guns again after that. And by 2010, the percentage of the adult population with guns in Australia was actually higher than it was before the buyback. And one could go through how they also mangled the statistics about the changes in crime there, too, but which are basically the opposite of what they were be claiming. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, nobody in the media calls them on those things. But the thing is, Giffords, many times, both her and her husband, Mark Kelly, the senator now from uh, Arizona, have talked about just wanting to have reasonable gun control, that they just support the Second Amendment, they support people's rights to own guns, they just want to have reasonable gun control regulation. And uh, she very clearly, uh, twice, stated that she was for getting rid of all guns. Yeah, that is the only reasonable gun control for Democrats, is the elimination of private gun ownership for private citizens. And I am going to speak completely in opposite, in opposite opinion of that. Uh, you and I are both fans of gun safety, John. The Democrats like to use that term in, in, in their language. And the president is looking at doing something in Connecticut, some sort of public event about guns. Just when I think they've calmed down about trying to restrict or take away our guns, it seems like they're ramping up and going to push even harder. Well, I mean, yeah, they're doing all sorts of things that are putting gun makers and gun companies out of business. They're uh, going back to kind of Operation Choke Point under the Obama administration, where they put pressure on financial institutions not to go and do business with companies they don't approve. 
But, you know, this issue of gun safety, the media and uh, the Democrats just talk about how gun control is gun safety. I'm for guns. I'm for safety. I want to make people safer. I want to reduce crime. You know, it's the reason why I think a lot of their things like reducing funds for police or having district attorneys that don't prosecute people or having liberal judges release, you know, half or two thirds of the inmates from many local jails around the country are not going in the direction of doing safety. I'll give you one example. NPR just did this big survey a couple of weeks ago that got a lot of media attention where they were asking people, do you support gun safety or do you support gun rights? You know, and uh, I mean, at least to me, that seems like a pretty biased type of survey question. Yeah, if you don't support a gun, if you support gun rights, then it sounds like you're against gun safety, which is usually uh, the opposite. If you're a gun owner, legal, you're usually, most of us are trained, most of us are all for knowing how to properly use a gun, how to properly store a gun, how to, how to avoid accidents with guns. Uh, John, I know we have a short time here, so let me ask you one quick question, final question. Gavin Newsom's talking about amending the Constitution, adding a 28th Amendment to the Constitution as it relates to uh, guns. Uh, any snowball's chance in hell of that even happening in our lifetimes? Well, I don't know in our lifetimes, but surely not anytime soon. I mean, Democrats control the state legislatures and the governorships in 17 states, uh, but they need 38 states to ratify it, and they need a two-thirds vote in both the House and the Senate uh, to, to pass the amendment, and I don't think they have any of those things. You know, the, the thing is, uh, one important thing about this is that Newsom is at least acknowledging that in order to kind of get around the Second Amendment, they have to rewrite it because the Second Amendment is pretty clear. And uh, and they're losing battles in the courts right now on these things. And yeah. so he has kind of a wish list of like four different types of gun control laws that he wants. And then they have a a clause at the very end that says that local and state governments should be allowed to enact whatever gun control laws they want, which presumably could include complete bans on guns. But, you know, I'll just go through the first of the things there. He wants to raise the age for gun ownership to 21. And, of course, he goes and argues that, look, a lot of crimes are committed by 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, and that's true. But the problem is, is that this uh, change would make it so that people who can currently pass a background check and legally buy a gun are no longer going to be able to do so. And the question isn't whether, you know, there's some 18, 19 and 20 year old gang members out there. Uh, the question is whether those people who can pass a criminal background check are law abiding. And what you find is that while as a group, there are a lot of 18, 19, 20-year-olds who commit crimes. The ones who legally buy guns and pass background checks tend to be extremely law-abiding. These individuals actually are convicted of firearms-related violations at a slightly lower rate than people who are a little bit who are older than them. And so, you know, but again, this is one of the areas where there's been a lot of media coverage on Newsom stuff, but 
the media just repeats his talking point and doesn't point out this kind of obvious logical issue there that the people they're changing it for are the ones who you don't have a problem with. Yeah, it's always the way it is. And, uh, John, I appreciate your clarity on all this, always coming at it from the position of facts and not feelings. Feelings are not facts. You should follow John R. Lott Jr. on Twitter, and that's his handle, at John R. Lott Jr. All things Second Amendment all the time. My friend, thank you, and stay safe. Thanks for being there.